This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast for visiting television, sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, Time Cop, Episode 9. Hey, how'd you do that? Uh, well, we're, we're Time Cops, traveling back from the year 2007 to stop someone from changing the course of history. Cool. Nice choice, Ace. was the first thing that came to mind. This is something you guys should definitely not try at home, okay? All right? Go for a pop. You know they're going to tell every kid in their neighborhood, which gives us about two minutes to find TEC headquarters. Yeah, and just enough time to place a bet on the 96 World Series. The Yanks won, you know. Those kind of ideas are going to get you into trouble, Tommy. Trouble, me? Yeah. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast where every episode is just another retooled pilot. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Do you think this is another retooled pilot? I, I looked it into it. It's another retooled pilot. Oh, man, because we talked about this in the previous episode uh, that we did, that episode five was a uh, was a with a pilot that they pushed to halfway through the series. But this one, again, is sort of like they want the audience to just forget about a, a few things and just be like, yeah, don't worry about it. He has a partner now. Forget about everything you learned before. I mean, when you think about it in terms of that, it's just like there was the Nazi episode, which had a bunch of different characters. So obviously that was a pilot. And then this one it's starting off Logan's got himself a partner, which obviously by the end of the episode, he will no longer have. And they mm. constantly talk about how Hemmings has never been on a mission before. And I was like, yeah, she has. I've seen her go on missions. And, and I know we're, we're already getting into the weeds before we've even started. And they also mentioned that she's not a time cop. Yeah, that was weird too. I was like, I'm like, she is a time. I kept saying, I'm like, she is, she's a time cop. We've seen her be a time cop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I can't, anyway, t- I can't tell weird. if maybe the the Jack the Ripper one was like episode two or something. It, served, it worked so well as a pilot that I never questioned it as the pilot. Yeah. Anyways, there's, there's a lot of questions I have about this episode. Well, before we do that, Jordan, as our listeners, I'm sure remember, last week we took the escape pod. So we've jumped over all mm-hmm. the way to the final episode of Time Cop. It wasn't that big a jump, to be fair. Yes, but that means we've skipped two episodes. So, Jordan, I'm going to give you the titles of those missing episodes, and you can tell me what you think they're about. Okay, sure. Um, so, the uh, first episode we skipped, episode seven, Lost Voyage. Mm. Uh, I know this is not what it's going to be, but what I would like it to be is he goes back to about the 1500s um, and is on a um, an English uh, frigate, and uh, he has to save... I don't know. It's it's like a treasure a treasure hunt sort of thing, but it takes place in uh, this naval naval period. You're not too far off in some ways, uh, and actually, I think this it really this summary is one of the uh, more interesting ones they've they've had. I'm sure it was bad, but it's about a guy who goes back to 1939 <laughs> well, to sink the SS Empress of the Americas so that he can salvage the gold that's on it back in tw- 2007. Hmm. Yeah, it's not a bad premise, but as you mentioned. It guarantee will be bad. Although the bad guy in it was uh, Patrick Fabian, who plays uh, Howard Hamlin on uh, Better Call Saul, who I really like. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry I missed that. Mm. Oh, well. You can always go back. <laughs> and then episode eight, Jordan, D-O-A. Mm. Um, the, this is, uh, a, what do you call it? It's a bit of a, um, 
what do you call it when it's just an episode takes place in one place? Bottle? My, a bottle episode. My, sorry, my brain. Um, uh, it all takes place with Jack uh, being presumed dead, and he's buried, and he's under the ground the whole time, and he's try to ha- has to try to get out. Uh, but he's also so he's not only buried in like a cemetery in a coffin; it's also in the past. Interesting. Because it's a time show. I think yeah. in some ways you aren't far off. It, I I I bet you this is a ball episode because what it is about is that uh, a Claire from the future arrives back at time, time Cop headquarters from ten hours in the future mm-hmm. to warn Logan that he and Matuzik are about to be murdered. Hmm. That doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, a little. T- that's a good ticking clock. You have uh, someone pop up, and yeah. you've got a quick mystery in Time Cop headquarters. But don't worry, I'm sure they whiffed on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 10 out of 10 episode Jordan. yeah <laughs> can you imagine that the two we wa- we just didn't watch were amazing episodes <laughs> i mean it could happen i mean it's, it's very doubtful but it could happen all right well jordan i have i decided to give us one more game before we wrap up star time okay cop. sure not star cop time cop yeah <laughs> gotta keep that straight what would you rather be part of time cop or the time cop organization or the star cop organization i mean I'm more interested in going to space, so Star Cops. But I gotta, if I'm being honest, I feel like it's easier to be a Time Cop because no, like you, it's pretty slack. I mean, I don't think I'd get a I lot agree. of trouble. Yeah, for just going back in the past and messing things up, you're like, yeah, it's very flexible. It's all, it's all pretty permeable. Yeah, <laughs> the timeline's very, very forgiving, man. It's not that difficult. Yeah, literally anyone can do it. It seems that way. Well, Jordan, I have a little game for you, and it is, uh, I'm going to give you three characters, and you're going to pick what you want to do with one of these three characters, and your options are, hire as your time cop, mm-hmm. have a fling with in Nazi Germany, nice, or uh, push them into their younger selves so that they both <laughs> cease to exist. <laughs> that one is really good, Luke. So uh, there's only two categories for you. The first category is side characters, and this is, of course, Eugene Matuzik, the chief. Claire Hemmings, uh, our side Stark time cop, who is also, I guess, tech and something else. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. of course, Dr. Dale Easter, the historian on staff. Okay, so who's the first one again? Eugene Matuzik. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Uh, the historian, I'm going to push into a younger version of himself. Great choice. Uh, who is, is Matuzik and who is the other one? Claire Hemmings. Claire, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll go have an affair with Claire in 1939. Really? So you want to spend the rest of your life with Matuzik? <laughs> sure. He seems yeah, sure. He seems a little he seems a little aggressive for me. I think I'd flop those around. He's a little bit high strung. I don't I don't want to I don't want to go back to the I don't want to travel with him though. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, then your other category is. Uh... So funny. Even in my notes, I've written Star Cops for some reason. I'm just convinced these are Star Cops. <laughs> these, this category is Time Cops Who Follow Their Instincts. And this, of course, is Jack Logan, our hero. Yeah, yeah. Sam Usher, who uh, was a Time Cop and then once again became a Time Cop in an alternate uh, alternate universe where he was basically yes. Jack Logan. And, of course, uh, yeah. our newest Time Cop this episode Tommy Maddox from this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to... I'm going to uh, have a fling with uh, Jack in 1939. Great. I'm going to... Um, old Bruce Campbell, I'm going to live with him forever. What was it called? It's Tommy Maddox, played by Bruce Campbell this episode. Everyone get ready. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna live with him forever. What was the the option though? You live with him in the future and morph mask. Uh, it was uh, you make them your time cop. Yeah, make them my time cop. That's right. And my listening skills are poor. And uh, and then I'm getting rid of uh, I'm pushing uh, uh, the fake fake Jack Logan dude. I'm getting pushing him into a younger version of himself. Sorry, Sam. I'm sure you're out of here. Yeah, you're out of here, Sam. I think these are all the right choices for this. Thank you. Well, that wraps up. That's everything I had for you. It's a small cast. You ready to get into this episode? Yeah, let's do it. Here's the IMDb summary for episode nine. The future, Jack. The future. <laughs> that, was, that was delivered very well. Logan and Hemmings learn that the disappearance of Logan's partner is linked to a stock buyout that could affect the future of time travel. Mm-hmm. Now, as, as I am, am want to do, this episode, when I saw... Uh, like I read the summary and I saw Bruce Campbell was in it. And then when we started watching that, he was his partner. What I was sure this was going to be was a sort of like knowing wink to the audience, knowing that Jack doesn't have a partner. And I thought what it was going to be was sort of this thing where we as an audience know time is distorted and something has changed. So we're now watching a new alternate future and Jack is going to have to sort of figure out this mystery as the episode goes on along maybe having this sort of like emotional beat of you learn about this character jack learns to appreciate this character and he knows by the end he has to essentially kill him by changing the timeline that's what i thought this episode was going to be and it's not no no and it's funny that you say that like that's obviously a good idea for a time cop episode but midway through the episode uh <laughs> easter is just like looking at the psych evaluation for Jack's partner he's being like oh this man is like a thrill seeker he's got like a, he's got a compulsion for danger he should have never been made a time cop and I also thought mm-hmm. that was a clue as to like oh well if his psych evaluation's all wrong then how did like you know there he must have done something to become a time yes. cop but that's not the case at all he was he was just like they don't care they just I believe I believe Batuzic says I don't care about head shrinkers I'm like okay so you just hire anybody off the street I guess yeah well it's it's funny because you see possibilities of the show, and this is sort of a something we've said now, uh, however many episodes we've done on this show, uh, sort of time and time again. There are some interesting ideas if they wanted to develop them, develop them, but that's not the show that this wants to be. This wants to be turn your brain off, have a good time, uh, don't worry, it's going to pass by without too much effort. Um, so we're not going to give you any interesting concepts or ideas or themes. It's just... It's just what it is. It's going to be as straightforward as possible. I think your idea would have happened eventually, but they had to make all these pilots, Maybe. so it was tough to get to a new idea. But it's such a better episode. It would have, it would have made a lot more sense, particularly when it's episode nine of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, we're watching a fresh. They also a fresh have take. A, we all sh- we should say they also have because um, I think you said this is you know possibly a second pilot. They also had the um, uh, uh, little iPad type thing again. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. The iPad was back, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, the whole episode starts in the Civil War. Uh, Jack Logan and his uh, new partner, <laughs> Tommy Maddox, as we've said, played by the great Bruce Campbell, they've gone yeah. back to stop an assassin from the future from killing General Grant in an effort to bring back slavery. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing. Dale, that's that's a, a fine line you gotta have to dance on if that's what your actual episode's gonna be because that's if this is just like a cold open it's not the actual episode but um uh that would be an episode 
It's quite Can you imagine that? I mean, I did like that they were kept referring to him as a grand wizard. The idea that just like the Ku Klux Klan got a got a time machine <laughs> was the premise of the cold open. <laughs> yeah. And you know, obviously they stop him very quickly in the cold open. And then it's like they turned around and said, well, thanks very much, General Grant. And he's like, no problem, people from the future. Thanks for telling me all about your mission and, like, the future. And I was like, there are no rules to being a Capcom. No, I know. I thought the same thing. He's just like, it Jack's like, hey, all those things I told you about the future. Anyways, just kind of keep that to yourself, and things are going to go well. Don't worry. You're going to win the war. And he's like, yep, don't worry. All good. <laughs> he's like, okay. Like, I'm sure there was a few different ways you could have done it without explaining to him. Uh, the future we should have kept a tally i think at least half the episodes we've seen jack has just outright come and told someone because it's just faster for him. i think he's done it in every episode i, I think <laughs> i don't i don't think an episode goes by where they don't just explain time travel to someone right uh of course they got the bad guy they uh bruce campbell maddox he jumps in the time machine with him first brings him back and then when it's Logan's turn to come, they realize there's a bit of a, what do they, how do they call it? A, it's a bit bumpy in the question, quote unquote, uh, temporal stream. Like there's some, there's uh, mm-hmm. some interference or some turbulence or something. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And it's going to be a thing through the whole episode. There's some sort of issue with um, the consistency of time travel. Something's not going right. Yeah. Their tech's a little off. And when it's Logan's turn to jump back, he hops in the time hole, accidentally drops in front of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, where he has to, like, run out of there before he's uh, Tommy gunned down. Well, what's funny, though, is that they, they've they done now two in a row where they give you, like, they've taken the time to go to a time period, but they don't want to spend any actual time there. So it's like the first with General Grant in the Civil War, they're there for, like, 30 seconds. And then he goes to this um, massacre and uh, uh, you just see them open the guns. And then he later in, he's begging them back in the future. He's like, well, got out of that. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, if you think about it as a pilot, it means you, just, you gave a real, real tease to the show. It's like, oh, look at all the different time mm. periods we can go to. When you're right, mm-hmm. when you're watching episode nine, you're like, wait, wait, what's happening? <laughs> right. At any rate, yes, there, there appears to be some trouble with their technology that's causing some issues with time travel. Um but as that's happening, the Dome, of course, reports a major rift forming in 1990 at what will become the site of Time Cop headquarters. Apparently, in 1990, in this exact same location, they were testing right. the time sled. They were prototyping them. So they're, they're worried that the future of time travel is in jeopardy. Yeah, and I think they, so they said, 1990, they start kind of testing it. And I think they said, correct me, Luke, I think 2001 is the first time they actually were able to achieve uh, time travel so based on this world they've been doing it for six years yeah i think i think they mastered it around 2001 yes i think that's the kind of right. idea um and uh of course this is where we find out that hemmings is the head of science and technology uh has never traveled back in time and she very much objects to sending uh, jack and maddox back because she's like all our all our stuff is messed up and matuzik is He's always been a little aggressive on the show, but in this in this in this particular reboot of the pilot, he's very aggressive. He's just like, "Shut up! I'm in charge of Time Cop for sending them back." It's funny um, the the changes that they make to characters as a series goes on, and um, usually it's something where like you know you watch a first season of a TV show, and you're like, "Oh yeah, look how they didn't know how to develop that character yet." But this one's so funny because it's so compressed. So in like nine episodes, you just have characters sort of not acting wildly different, but noticeably different yeah i mean matuzik is at everybody's neck everybody's neck in this episode yeah also i should say that um uh, what was what's hemming's official title i don't know if they said it exactly they just he just said she was in charge of science and technology 
Right. And that made me laugh because later on, uh, they're going to actually send her back in the past and they make a big deal. That's the first time she's ever gone, which again is not what we've seen. But what it seems like she's just there to do is uh, use computers. I mean, I think very early on she was going to be their tech expert and they kind of they abandoned that pretty quickly. Yeah. You got to have the tech expert. At any rate, so Maddox and Jack, Jack, John, something. Jack. 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 Maddox, Jack Logan. Maddox and Jack jump back to 1990 and uh, one of the best landings ever. They land in the middle of a children's football game. And as Jack exits his time hole, he actually intercepts the football that's being thrown at that exact moment. Yeah. But I don't know why he did that. It, like, he goes and he makes, like, this amazing catch. I'm like, but, but why? Just let the football go. He's so cool, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, and let me say something real quick. So, everyone loves Bruce Campbell. Yes. They bring Bruce Campbell out. He's a wonderfully watchable, charismatic performer. I don't think they use him to his full extent in this episode. He's sort of buttoned at the beginning and the end. And I think it's a bummer because he's just so watchable and he's more watchable than the rest of the cast. However, in the scenes he's in, uh, it made me actually think a little bit of the Star Wars prequels. And one thing that I thought did not work at all was how little charisma uh, there was between uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. And there was always like a throwaway line of like, hey, remember that amazing adventure we had together? There you know, viewers were were friends, even though they never did anything that ever showed them to be friends. I actually did get a sense in this that these two characters could have had a back history. Yeah, I would say watching this episode, I know, you know, I think over the course of this, I've been softening to the portrayal of Jack uh, Jack Logan mm-hmm. over top. He's gotten more, he's grown on me. He's become a little more like, I, I like him and the actor and the character a bit more. Once he was paired with Bruce Campbell, who's, you know, is just a fount of charisma in general. Like the two of them were bouncing off each other so well. I'm like, oh, the, like he Jack is now just elevating his game because we've got like a great co-actor for him to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a better show. But then they want to get they have to get rid of uh, uh, Bruce Campbell's character right away. And you're like, oh, well, we're back to time cop. It's true. He does. He does disappear from the most of the middle of the episode. And I also noted in my I was as I was watching, I'm like, ah, I wish Bruce Campbell would come back. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, they arrive in 1990, interrupt this kid's football game. My favorite part is they land and like Bruce Campbell just stands up and explains time cops to the kids and then they walk away. Yeah. And and he's like, why would you done that? And he's like, that's the first thing I thought of. And I was like, well, I can see why these two are partners. I know they're perfect for each other. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, head down to the time cop headquarters in the past, which is, as we've said, just a research facility. Um, although it looks exactly like time cop headquarters in the present. So it's very funny. Yeah, it looks exactly like uh, in the present, and it also looks like that guy's underground railroad version of it Yeah, yeah. uh, in a previous episode. You know, you can only redress it so much. Exactly. Um, And it's basically abandoned. It's very funny. They'll cut back to 2007, and, like, they'll start, they'll, like, they'll cut someone doing research, and they'll be like, oh, this is interesting. Turns out in 1990, uh, there was a (laughs) Senate hearings, and so actually it was, no one was doing any actual time travel work, so it's completely empty. I'm just like, A, why do I need to know this? And B... Why, like, why don't you guys do any research before you send people back in time? You've got all the time in the world. It's funny because uh, that you mentioned that because they, I think it's Jack who mentions at one point when he comes back, he's like, "Why didn't you guys give me any of this information?" And they're just like, Bleh. "I know." I, I think he comes back and he yells at them for it, and they're just like, oh, "I don't know." I'm like, "It's such a." That's why I want to work at Time Cops. I think it's just like I was, you know you what can't you're right. I, I I could work there too. They'd be like, "Did you get your research done?" I'm like, "Nah, it's flirting. Didn't have time. Sorry." <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man um but yeah it, since it's abandoned they kind of wander around they find an old test time sled that's sitting there which it looks quite different than the current time sleds they have yeah and they sort of it's more it's more like a um like an ergonomic gaming chair <laughs> <laughs> and they kind of mention how in the past they were testing it because you know it fires at a cement wall but it's supposed to go through a little time hole before it hits the wall that they they've killed yeah. a few people and a few monkeys during trial <laughs> I know they they did that they just threw that line in like no big deal like yeah we killed some monkeys. At any rate, uh, Maddox likes it so much he decides to have a seat in it, and for some reason, a gravitational force connects him so he can't get out of the chair. Yeah, I mean they they sort of needed something to explain why he doesn't hop out of the chair. I was like, sure, why not? So whatever there is, there's some sort of yeah force that keeps you in. I thought it was okay because it's different than. Um, what we will see in the future in 2007, which is the little car thing. Yeah. I assume it was a precursor to that. So they were eventually were like, maybe this this didn't work. So we're actually just going to make a whatever little vehicle instead of suction and pumping the person to the chair. I thought it was very funny because at first I was like, oh, is he pretending not to be able to get out? But then Jack's like, no, no, I felt the gravitational force. He was truly stuck to it. But then later you'll find out he intended to do it all along. and Yeah, right? And I was like, wait, what? And they're like, no one ever explains this random gravitational force that forced him into a chair. We've said it before, but this show is very weird that they'll point out plot holes to you instead of just like, one, the better thing, which is fixing it, or just not mentioning it at all. They seem to want to tell the tell the audience. Just like, plot hole, anyway. <laughs> but yes, as soon as he gets into it, the whole system powers up, and he's shot down the, the ramp into a time hole. And uh, they, basically, Logan doesn't know if he lived or died or what happened to him. He just disappeared mm-hmm. through time hole. And Logan basically retreats back to 2007 to, like, give them an update and uh, figure out what's happening. Like, they, they went there. It was abandoned. Now Maddox is missing. But they didn't find any trouble that could have possibly happened there to start the uh, time ripple that was happening. Right. And when they get back, Hemmings has actually been looking at the technology to figure out what's wrong with it, pinpoint the temporal turbulence, if you will. And uh, she's noticed the microprocessors in their time controller watches appear to be faulty. And they immediately suspect that uh, it's industrial espionage done by Mm -hmm. a Cromwell technology who lost the contract to build the chips in the first place. Right. And I should I should mention that there is a point or somewhere on this conversation or just before where uh, Hemmings keeps going like, give me your watch. I got to test and stuff. And she's like, it's either there's something wrong with the watch. She's like, or human error. And then Jack gets really irritated about it. And I hate to say that I'm on Jack's side because I want to be like, what could he have possibly done? He literally just touches the button. What human error could it be on his end? It's true. It's pretty foolproof. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty foolproof. Anyways, but yes, I like that because they need to keep this moving as this show loves. They're just like, must be espionage. Now let's go to, uh, it's it's the guy who created the the watches, right? Not the competitor or the the chip. No, it is the competitor. They never go oh, to the, the place that actually made it. They keep implying that maybe they they keep ever keep saying it's like maybe we should investigate the place that made it, but they keep saying nah nah nah. It's probably their competitors who did it. Yeah, and we get this thing. And do you think there was a comment made here because they go to this this guy's company? I don't know. Do they go back to the past? Or do they see him in the present first? This right? is like it's in the present, like which is interesting. Right. It's one of the rare times on Time Cops where they go and visit like a contemporary place. So they go yeah. visit the headquarters of Cromwell Technologies to speak to Cromwell himself. And he's a very, I think they say like New Age, but it's a very like uh, spiritual, open, uh, holistic sort of businessman. And I think there's the comment is sort of like, isn't he ridiculous? Because he's yeah, yeah, no. 
You know he's the age. bad guy, Jordan, because he meditates and does yoga. Right. That, that was kind of my point. It was like, I don't know if it's just like a time period thing or it just seemed like, I was like, is that the joke? The joke is that he meditates? That's a real, I think it's a real timestamp for when that was like, yeah. look at this hippy dippy granola eater. He's a bad guy. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So we felt the same way. Anyway, he denies any involvement, obviously, but as soon yeah. as he hears that someone was uh, gone missing or possibly dead in the past, and that person was a time cop named Maddox, he immediately becomes very, like, he, becomes, he gets very flustered and upset. What I like is they keep showing his screen, because what we're going to find out is someone has been buying stocks in the company, um, so thus his ownership is, um, the percentage of his ownership is dropping comparative to the other person who is buying it. But when they keep going back to the, sc- the screen that he's looking at, it doesn't quite make sense because it's like a stock chart or something. And I was like, I don't understand. Is the value of your company changing right now? Like, what are you screaming about? It's not like it doesn't. Anyways, the graphics don't don't make sense to the the reaction he's having. Well, I can tell you because after basically they talk to him, he denies everything. They go back to Time Hop headquarters. And as you're saying, what they find is a new ripple that in 1990, mm-hmm. someone has opened a $10 million brokerage account. Uh, somewhere in in Washington D.C. and something's gone wrong, and it's it's at this point you're right that uh, back at old Cromwell's office he's looking at his computer screen, and what you didn't catch is like he's looking at basically his stocks, and yes, the whole screen like shimmies a little bit, and his company's changed its name from Cromwell Technologies to HR Maddox Tech. Oh, I did miss that. So there you go. Shows me what I know. I did miss that. CR Maddox Tech. So it's a way of showing that like, uh oh. Someone has taken over his company in the past. That stocks that the time cops have seen, like the $10 million buy-in, has now resulted in someone getting a hold of his company in the past. And as so he gets very upset, he screams, and he gets his goons. He's like, we're going back to 1990 to fix this. Yeah. I was, that was weird, though. Just like, if someone changed that much in the past, wouldn't you like... Like, I expected the goons to come in and throw him out of his office because he no longer owned the company. I know it. It is that it's funny because again they didn't establish what the rules are and they'll adjust from time to time because we've seen an episode where literally the future has changed because of the differences they're making. But we're not. It's just like it's not convenient for this plot, so that's not what's going to happen. Yeah. At any rate, Jack is going to be sent back to Nigeria to look into this brokerage purchase. Um, and of course, Hemmings objects because the tech's still on the fritz. And it's at this point that they're like. If you want to eject, then you can go too, Hemmings, your first time cop mission. <laughs> and she's like, but I'm just a science and technology officer. I'm not even a member of time cops. And then the next episode, she's like, I went through training. I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Jack and Hemmings head back. And uh, just this because this show is a little bit baffling. They go back and instead of going to the brokerage first, they go back to the, uh, the time cop headquarters slash like test facility. Yeah, that was weird, right? I was like, why did you guys come back here? You guys were supposed to go to the brokerage house. They go back there. Jack gets there. He just immediately gets back in the same chair that threw Maddox back in time. Also gets trapped in the chair. Also gets Mm -hmm. thrown through the time hole. We cut to commercial. Cut back. And then Jack reappears. And he's like, how long was I gone for? And she's like, 15 minutes. Yeah. And she's like, where were you? He's like, in a time loop. Um, Hey, let me just uh, uh, stop real quick. While I was watching this episode, it was actually at this part where I thought, shouldn't sometimes in the future, let's say in 2007, you send Jack back, mm-hmm. shouldn't he like disappear and then immediately appear again? And he's been gone for like days, but they don't know because time. Essentially, I think that's what should happen. I wonder, though, if the technology, what it does is it tries to make it synchronous so he doesn't like 
so the time he's gone for he's actually gone for but like right in practice why would you have to do that i'm not sure exactly okay sorry that just i just started thinking about that this show it's hard to not think about time and time travel as a concept when you're watching it one because you don't really need to pay attention very much but because they don't care and no one has thought about it it's just uh, it's i don't know it's distracting i think it's just so that he ages at the same rate in both timelines so he doesn't come back and he's not like everyone's like still 20 and he's like aged 35 years and he's like oh no i'm old (laughs) right but yes, he he gets sent through. It's just that I don't quite know how it works, but he says it's, it was a time loop I was stuck in. And then he pops out 15 minutes later. The implication being that it was programmed this way so that when Maddox entered, he'd come back 15 minutes later, basically. It would seem like he disappeared, but he was actually just returning 15 minutes later, which I guess Jack waited around exactly less than 15 minutes after Maddox disappeared before he left. Yeah. He didn't, like, poke around and see if he could find anything in the in the panels uh, to give an answer as to where he sent him. He was just like, well, he's gone. I guess I'll go back home. I better go. <laughs> it's at this point then they finally do go to this brokerage house. I was, and I was when they did, I'm like, why did you wait so long? Uh, they, I don't know. They talked to some guy. There's a whole like comedy bit here, which isn't very good. But like, yeah. talk to some dude. They find out that the $10 million was put into the brokerage house to essentially buy stock in Cromwell Tech, which was a new company that had just started putting its stock on the market. And like, I believe this broker says, it's like, it'll be the new Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear what's happening. Like we know that Tommy is buying stuff. Like that's yeah, yeah. that's the point. Well, this. you know it really quickly because they look at the computer and they see that the person who purchased it was Bernie Williams, who, as Jack knows, is a Yankees player from 1996, and Maddox loves the Yankees, so it's it's got to be him. Yeah, it's got to be. So they head off to a hotel in Washington because Logan, Jack Logan, knows that when they first were becoming star cops, I guess him and Maddox were in the first class of recruits for the star cops. They were put up at this hotel and Maddox had been like this small town cop who like was surprised to be invited to this, to like be considered for this. And he was a bit of a, as they've said earlier, he's a bit of a risk taker. So what he did is he Mm. charged $2,000 worth of room service and put it on, on Logan's hotel. And that's how they became friends. Like he stuck Logan with the bill. Yeah, it was like a real prank. What I like, though, is I think it's in this scene where they're talking, and she's like, didn't that give you an indication then that he was a bad guy? And he's like, no, we became friends. He's like, what I know is I would never trust him with money, but I trust him with my life. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's forgiving of you. Sure, why not? But that's how he knows which hotel he'll be at. They head up to exactly. this hotel suite, and you know, Jack and Hemmings poke around a bit, and then Cromwell and his goons show up also looking for Maddox and his, and his missing stock. Um, and, you know... They get the drop on Jack and Hemmings. They get they tie him up or whatever, and Cromwell explains everything. He's like, oh, I paid Maddox $10 million to sabotage the microchips so that the other company would lose the contract so I could get back the contract. But apparently after I paid him the $10 million, he, he's gone back in time and used the $10 million I paid him to buy all the stock in my company. So now I have a, a silent partner I do not want. He, he, he basically double-crossed me. Mm-hmm. And it's at that point that Maddox busts into the room, disarms the goons, and like tries to rescue them, but not before Cromwell is able to inject Hemmings with a synthetic virus that gives her 30 minutes to live. Yeah, there's a couple things here I want to say. One, it's very weird this guy was ready with this, uh, uh, let's say needle. It's like a futuristic needle, but like this little injection thing, um, this hypo spray, if you will, um, of this disease. Because that's just a weird thing that he apparently has. He has it on all the time. Yeah. So... And there's another thing I was thinking about. You see this a lot in TV. You know, someone gets, uh, they get this disease and it's like, as you said, it's like a ticking clock of um, uh, when they're going to 
you know, be able to find the antidote. That's not really what this is. It's sort of just like a thing. It's just like a little plot point. Um, but don't you think, Luke, let's say I'm a villain. You're the, you're the hero. I inject you with uh, some disease and you have 30 minutes to live. You, sol- you uh, uh, solve the case. You save the day. You get your uh, antidote. You put it in. Don't you think you're still, if you really messed up your system, you still have to go through like the medicine to like heal you. Like they always do it like it's like, like, well, I feel good now. It's like you wouldn't. You wouldn't feel good at all. That's true. You're, most of your organs would have already shut down. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you didn't die, but you, there's irrevocable damage, you know, inside. No, nah, anyway. the antidote is perfect. It just undoes everything. <laughs> That's anyways. That was my point. I just I just like that they inject poor, poor Hemmings, uh, uh, Hennings, uh, Hemmings, Hennings, what's her Hemmings. name? Hemmings, they send her to the past for her wink, wink first mission, and then they just inject her right away. <laughs> yes, and, and Cromwell basically is like, "I'll give you the antidote if you give me the ten million dollars worth of stock certificates back to my company." And they agree mm-hmm. to meet at Time Cop headquarters in nineteen ninety for the exchange, partly because Maddox has uh, hidden the ten million dollars, like literally just like stock certificates, in a wall at the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I probably could have found. I mean, if you had enough time. Yeah, I mean, he only knows so many places in the ninety in nineteen ninety. It's so funny too because you think what you'd do is you'd be like, "Let's meet in two thousand seven and then they'd have to like go like bust through the headquarters to find where it was dusty and hidden and like pull it out or something. You know what, Luke? That's better. That's a better scene. Let's rewrite it. Um, but at any rate, Maddox explains at this point to Jack that basically he was approached to sabotage the equipment for ten million dollars. And he's been, you know, wanting to retire. He's not really into the Time Cop game anymore. But what he saw was his chance was like, listen, this guy's a scumbag and he's he's going to do this eventually anyway. So I'll get $10 million out of it. And then what, he, what his, Maddox's plan was is to punish uh, Cromwell. He was going to go back and basically ruin his company anyway and basically undo the damage he had done. So, like, Maddox isn't exactly a bad guy. Yes, he was going to, like, use time travel to get rich so he could retire. But he never really intended to cause problems. He... he He's like, I'm going to get Maddox, or I'm going to get Hemming, or no. <laughs> Maddox was going to get Cromwell in the process. He's going to get the bad guy in the process of getting rich and not actually trying to harm the time cops. Now, it's implied that the guy was messing with um, uh, the technology, right? But do we, and I can't remember, did we, did he actually do it? I guess he was bad. He was messing up yeah, the Yeah, he hired, that's what he hired Maddox for $10 million to, to mess up the time chips. Right, right. And then Maddox used right. the $10 million to buy him out of his own company. Right. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> you're right. You, you, you love this episode. <laughs> yeah. It just is. It, it's just there's no surprises, right? You're just like, yeah, sure. Okay. But they go, they go back. They're going to they're gonna do the exchange. And, but before they hand out the stock certificates, they, they very like uh, <laughs> aggressively pour like a liquid on top of the stock certificates. And you're like, well, that's going to make them explode, right? And sure enough- well, yeah, I, I was hoping it was something more, like like a more futuristic thing, like um, all of the all of the type becomes code, or it all disappears, or something other than what it is, which is like, essentially just put lighter fluid on it. Yeah, remote control lighter fluid, though. Yeah, that's right, that's right. That is better. Because they basically hand off the $10 million of the stock certificates, Hemmings gets the antidote, and as soon as they do that, they push a button, and like all the stocks just explode into flames. Mm-hmm. And at which point, you know, they arrest the goons and uh, somehow Cromwell, like, escapes from the scene. And, like, they're like, we did it. We saved the day. I got a question, though. I don't know much about paper stocks or uh, putting money into stocks. I'm assuming uh, 
there's some sort of backup if something happens to the physical copies. Yeah, is I, there not? I had the same question. I'm just like, so A, you've burnt the stock certificates. Like, I don't know how that works either. Like, he seemed to think if he could get the certificates, he would own them again. So I guess in his... Cromwell must know that, like, just having those pieces of paper means you own the stocks. Right. But then when they were destroyed, I was just like, well, it's moot to you now. Like, you didn't want anyone to have them anyway. They're just gone now. Right. Right. So, like, was it matter? So there's no loss to you. But he's so upset about it. I just couldn't understand it either. I'm just like, I don't, I don't quite understand what is going on anymore. Yeah. Because I don't think it's quite – and I know this is sad, but, like, I've never had a stock. So uh, I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's not, like, a money order where it's, like, as good as cash. Yeah, I mean, it's 1990. Who's to say what, what's going on? Who's to on? say? It was a crazy time, you know? But, uh, you know, it kind of gets to a bit of a wrap-up. They're still 1990. Logan and Hemmings both agree that Maddox really isn't that bad a guy. He's like, you know, he's not. he did some bad things, but he's a pretty good guy. We all like him, right? Yeah. We like him, yeah. But, of course, they've got to bring him back to face, face the consequences in 2007. And Maddox is just like, no thanks, I'm not doing that. And he gets himself into that prototype time sled. He's just like, listen, I'm going to shoot myself into this time sled and hopefully I end up on a beach somewhere where I can retire. I'm not coming back. I'm not going to jail. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And he's like, I just don't think I ever actually wanted to be a time cop. Did you ever read my report? Like, I probably am not suited for it. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> Maddox is trying to talk him out of it. But as he's doing that, somehow, in ways that I don't fully understand, Cromwell appears at the end of the time tunnel, which I don't know how yeah. he got in there. Yeah, so he's at the end of the time tunnel, tun- tunnel, tunnel with uh, one of those futuristic laser guns, and he's like, "I just, I don't know what his strategy was." He's like, "I'm just gonna keep shooting him," but you see her on the tracks, like, you see what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's it's unclear even what he wants. He's just like, "You ruined my company." He just starts firing randomly, and so Maddox just like flips on the time the time sled and just runs him over at the end of the thing before he goes into a time hole, and we just like don't ever quite know what happens to him. Mm-hmm. Though, weirdly enough, at the end, when they go back to 2007, they, they start talking about, they're like, well, Cromwell's dead, and Maddox went somewhere, probably an alternative universe, they say. And I was like, pardon me? I know, I know. It's like, I know, I, I thought, sorry, are we just, we're just adding that now? Sure, he, th- they probably just went to another universe. I was like, oh, well, that is not the same as time travel. <laughs> but I think it's just so they they can bring back Maddox one day if they need to. If they need Bruce yeah. Campbell back, they can bring him back. But you didn't have to say that. They could have just said, he's he's missing an action. He's gone somewhere. We don't know where he is. Maybe he'll be back someday. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah. But that that's that sort of wraps up the episode. It's so funny to think... I like I was thinking about this episode, the idea that this was probably supposed to be after they retooled the Nazi episode, this was probably was supposed to be episode one before they like maybe retooled slightly another episode to make episode one. But I was just like, imagine you're Bruce Campbell and they're like bringing you in and like the big gag of this episode is you think you're meeting the two lead characters of the show and that's why you have such a big guest star on. Like mm-hmm. either one of these could be the leader of the show. And Bruce Campbell will be gone by the end. But, you know, it's kind of like a fun misconnect. And, like, Bruce Campbell's going to be a big part of the pilot promotion. And then, like, you know, it rolls around and you find out it's like, oh, we're, you won't even be on. Like, we're not even going to show you. It's going to get canceled before we show your episode. And then sometime yeah. late in the summer, we're going to drop it. Yeah. I mean, look, the the check still clears, you know. But, yes, it, it's a weird thing to, especially for a show that hasn't really had notable guest stars that's not true ron livingston that's true that's true ron livingston was on i take it back yeah they had a couple they've had a couple like 
unusual for these shows, like a pretty like decent quality like character actors pop up in them. That, I mean, that's not true. Some of the older ones do too, but like the '90s ones, I haven't noticed that happening too often. But this one like seemed to be trying. By the way, I also forgot about that because this show is one of the most forgettable shows we've ever watched. That I will never remember any of these in in a month. They'll be gone forever. You, it just slips right from your mind. Yeah, that's it. There's not. You'll be like, remember we show that saw that show and Bruce Campbell's on it. And I'm gonna say, nope. I can tell you anything. I'll tell you. I'll tell you like Ernest Borgnine co-starred in one of these episodes, and you'll be like, "What did he? Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. That was a good one." <laughs> well, Jordan, should we write? Should we write the final episode of Time Cop? The final episode, yeah. It's you know what? It's not a bad episode. Not at all. It could have been a lot better, but it 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 could have been. We've seen much worse episodes than this. So I'll tell you, uh, for my money, I think this is one of the better episodes. It's still not a very good one. Um, I'm gonna give it like a five and a half. You know what? I'm exactly with you. I'm going five and a half as well. Bruce Campbell, great addition. Uh, yeah. There was some fun to be had. It doesn't make any sense in, as, as you watch it, but yeah. it's, it, it, this one is one of the better ones for sure. Yeah, which I know is not saying much because we're both giving it a five and a half, but eh, you know, eh. For Time Cop, that's great. That's like that's a, that's a so good for Time Cop. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jordan. Should I type this into the computer and get the final rating for Time Cop? Yeah. It would have went up slightly. It's going to brought it, pulled it up just the tiniest bit. 3.9 or something like that. All right, Jordan. Final final rating for the series Time Cop according to Continuum Drag? Yep. 3.75. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> that's correct. That's the right number. That is correct, yeah. We did it. We we watched Time Cop. We did it, Jordan. We watched we watched most of Time Cop. <laughs> um, in the meantime, everyone, now that we're done with this, you can email us continuedrag at gmail.com if you have anything to let us know about. And on Insta- yeah, ask us time questions. <laughs> Lots of questions about time. What time is it? What time yeah. is my next bus? Yeah. How, how much time did you spend on on this show? And the answer is much too much. And on Instagram and Twitter, we'll have clips from the final time cop. You're going to see lots of Bruce Campbell, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. You'll have to just make it seem like he was throughout the whole episode, not in maybe five minutes. Yeah, just the top five and bottom five. <laughs> <laughs> and the handle for those platforms is at Continuum Drag. That, that wraps up this episode. So, listener, thank you for joining us. And, Jordan, I'll see you next week. I will see you then. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rex Seedler. Produced by Jordan Dulloch and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Hughes.